1: If you just ask these three questions of every client, what is your brand promise? What is the paradigm, the life and the attitudes of your clients and the pains that they have before they have your solution? And then what is their life, their paradigm after they have your solution? If you just ask those three questions, you will be ahead of almost all the marketers in in the world because then you will show them, I'm not just trying to sell you an ad or I'm not just trying to sell you a bot. I am trying to understand your world so that I can impact it in the best way possible.
2: You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello everybody. Welcome to episode 204 of Perpetual Traffic. I have a very special guest here with me today. We just chatted for 20 minutes before we hit record. We went deep into a conversation about where digital marketing is going and really the role that chatbots are going to play in the next 5, 10 20 years of what's to come in our field. So I know this is going to be an amazing episode. Mary Catherine Johnson, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, Molly, I
1: am fan stinking-tastic. How are you?
2: <laughs> I'm so good. I love you. Your, your voice just makes <laughs> me smile. So Mary spoke at Conversations Conference last September, Many Chats Conference, and she was definitely the crowd favorite. You even got up and recorded a video and got everyone to cheer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) in that moment I knew I liked you but I was wow (laughs) I want to be her when I grow up (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I got
1: that as a suggestion from a guy in the audience that I was talking to like maybe an hour before I went on. And he's like, oh, you should do this. And he gave me a suggestion to do something else. And I morphed that into, nope, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to get everybody to stand up and cheer this on and tell everybody in the audience that didn't make it to the conference why they need to go to the conference next year. So it was fun.
2: I've done something similar a few times, like getting people to stand up or hug their neighbor. (laughs) And it always feels weird at first. You're like, oh, are they going to hate me for this? But it gets the energy flowing in the room. Oh,
1: yeah. And I got to tell you, the thing that really made a difference in that is I messed up in the beginning. Right. So I was standing there and I was going to record the video and I said conversions conference instead of conversations. <laughs> and when it I did happens. that, I, I did that and I'm like, oh, never mind, wait, hang on. And everybody started laughing. And I just you know, recorded again and I just kept going, right? I just kept I just made it fun. And that just totally cut the tension and made I it like, it. Hey, she's real. And I had people come at me afterwards, yeah, that was so funny. You just totally messed up, but you just went on with it. I'm like, well, kinda that's like life.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. That's life. There's Nothing to hide here. Nope. I love it. So tell us a little bit about what you do. You started messengerfunnels.com, which is a hybrid of an agency, but you also have courses and a mastermind. Just give the listeners a feel for what you do every day. Oh
1: my goodness. Just, <laughs> that, that could be a long, long story, and right? Paid for it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it is. It's a very long story. I started an online business in 2003. So we could really awesome. go back. Awesome. Um, But Messenger Funnels is an agency. It definitely is an agency that our tagline, if you want to look at it that way, to encapsulate everything is your ordinary marketing turned into extraordinary conversations.
2: Mm. And
1: that's really what we do. And that's from the standpoint of an agency and helping people grow their marketing through chatbots or conversational marketing. And that ties into everything, right? We're not only doing chatbots. We integrate that with everything else but then also teaching people how to create those extraordinary conversations. And that's really what I get to do all day, every day. I still, since January of 2017, I wake up every day Mm -hmm. just so excited. I don't need an alarm clock, I don't care what time I go to bed, I get up every day and just thank my lucky stars. First off, that I woke up, that's a good thing. And then secondly, that I get to do what I get to do with the people I get to do it. I mean, it's, I love
2: it. How could it be? I mean, this life? is work. You and I are getting oh, to yeah. chat. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. Um, I love your perspective. And we just realized that we're only an hour and a half from one another. Right I know. Here. I'm visiting Lake Tahoe and Mary lives about an hour and a half from here. Yeah. Uh, which is hilarious. Anywhere in the world, we could both be in, and we're recording an hour and a half from one another. I love it. All
1: right, I'm gonna have to come up the hill. Yeah, come we up, call it. Come we got. Up. We call it.
2: Come up the hill. I'm gonna have to come up the hill and have a cup of coffee. That's for yeah, sure. Come on up. <laughs> I love it. So. I want to touch on something that we were discussing earlier that I think is important for all of our listeners of Perpetual Traffic to hear. And it's really around chatbots and the fact that, you know, you and I, you probably jumped into the bot world before I did, but we've been doing this for at least you know, three years, almost three years, especially when it comes to Facebook messenger bots. And it's interesting when something new comes to market, everybody gets very excited, they hop right in. (laughs) And then after a year or two, you start to see less interest. And that's definitely something that we're seeing with bots. You know, a few years ago, even last year, bots were the silver bullet. Bots were, I think, what a lot of marketers and Business owners thought we're going to even possibly save their businesses, which is kind of a scary thought. And now you're seeing. You know bots are still very popular you know you have a lot of clients there's still a lot of interest in tools like chat, but we're seeing less interest and why do you think that is i think this is a good conversation for people to hear because i have people come up to me ezra and i had an event last week and people come up to me hey molly i tried bots but i couldn't get it to work and i'm thinking well okay, what about it didn't work? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Tell me more. And I think this is a conversation going on in a lot of heads right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I call bots the squirrel that I finally caught. Okay. Right. I mean, we all chase the squirrels. We've chased every single one of them and I could name them all off and you would be shaking your head. Yep. Yep. Went there. Yep. Did that. (laughs) But this one I have caught, we are riding into the sunset together. Okay. We are on our rocket ship. Me and this squirrel are on this rocket ship and we are just flying through the stars because it is working very well for me. (laughs) But I think the answer to that question, the reason it isn't working maybe for some people is twofold. Number one, they're trying to fit an old style of marketing into this new medium and this new platform. And I can give you an example of a client that I just had a conversation (laughs) with this morning. Okay. You got to hear this. All agency owners will totally commiserate with me right now (laughs) because this guy came to me and he says, I've got this 100 day email sequence and I want you to put that in the chat bot. (gasps) (laughs) I'm like, uh, no. no, thank you. <laughs> uh, that's great. I love you and all, but no. <laughs> no, no. But still, even with that, he was very persistent. I love this guy to death. Remember people, these clients teach us more and make us dive in more and prove ourselves more than the client. This is just a yes person saying, do whatever you want. So he and I have a great relationship. We've been working together for probably about six, eight months. And through that process, I've finally converted him to the truth about this new kind of marketing and I just got him to say it today which is like an absolute win because it really is a new style of marketing and probably the reason it's not working is you're trying to take your old style emails and just break them up into chunks and dump them into a chat bot thinking that the medium will do all the work and that's not the way it works and that's number one and then number two you're looking for a quick fix And it's not quick and it's not easy. It's simple. Yes, you're just having a conversation with people, but it's not easy. And I think that's what's happening. So people have caught this squirrel, but they've kind of let it go and let it keep running. And they haven't caught up with it. They haven't kept pace. That's kind of my short answer.
2: Yeah, it's so true. I also think expectations. Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of language in the market that sounds like this what is my return on investment for my chatbot? And I understand that way of thinking because it's how you hear people talk about Facebook ads or Google ads or even email marketing. But I think with bots, it's just not that simple. So how do you, as an agency owner, you are providing bots as a service to your client What are you measuring? Like, what is that promise that you're making to people? Because I think by you answering this question, it actually helps everybody listening set better expectations for themselves on the role that bots actually play in their business.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, so <laughs> let
2: me, let me
1: talk about this same client now with this 100 email okay. sequence,
2: right? So he, we'll call him Jeff. Yeah. Let's
1: <laughs> call him Jeff. All right. So Jeff is there and he's doing a great job. He's crushing it with Google ads. He's just dabbling in Facebook ads, but Google ads have been his bread and butter. And we're talking like, he's not doing too shabby. Okay. So he wants me to do the exact same thing that he does an email in the chat bot. And so I morphed that and massaged it and helped him understand and brought him into my world slowly and created that sequence, but not a hundred. I think we got up to maybe 25, right? And so that was great. And it was converting. And I let him write some of the copy because of course he only knew how his copy was supposed to be written. I could never, right? That's his perception is, oh, oh, no, no, no. I've done this for years. You couldn't do this. I'm like, okay, great. Here you go. Do this. And he did the copy for the messages. And I, on the other side, did my own. And we did split tests between the two. And we just now reached the point where I got uh, all the stats that he wanted and we put it up together and showed the difference between him writing copy based on his old style and me writing copy based on the way the bot is supposed to be performing. and my copy got double the conversions. Wow,
2: wow. And by conversions, exactly. what are you guys measuring?
1: Yes, so first thing we're measuring is conversion to the sales page, to actually because it's just a sales page. It's not a webinar, it's not a training, it's not a video series, it's wow. just a good old fashioned sales page. And selling his particular product, his course, he has an audio course and a full course. The first conversion is how many people did we get to that page that actually engaged enough in the bot to actually say, yes, I want to see more. I want to see how this works. And we go to the sales page. And then, of course, we track conversions, sales. We track actual sales that came wow. from the bot. And that's when you get into the technical part, which is another thing that most people aren't doing. They're sending people to the page and then they have no idea or the technology is, I agree, 100%, very clunky and difficult to attribute that sale to a messenger bot, because in order to come back into ManyChat or Chatfuel or any of those, you have to actually bring in the user ID. Mm. So you had to translate the user ID out to begin with, and then you have to come in and identify them based on that user ID. And so, you know, we do that technically through Zapier and API calls and all that good stuff, but it's never 100%. So we actually, I actually employ a person to go through the data and look at all their sales and look at names and email addresses and everything wow. we can see and verify them in Messenger. And usually, most of my clients, we can do automated tracking for about 65 to 70% of the sales, and the other 30 to 35% are manually identified. And that's because people use a different email address
2: in Facebook than they do to buy. It's just of the way course. it is. And this is just such new technology that we can't expect perfect attribution here. Yeah, exactly.
1: So that first conversion is getting them to where we want them to go, getting them to engage enough to actually get to the end point and go to that sales page. And typically, we're looking at an an average click-through rate of all of our messages. We want a minimum base point of 40%. And we're talking average over all of the messages that they see before they get to that conversion. Wow. Um, And that's our minimum is 40%. And then it goes up from there. Some of his copy, this client, I'm up as high as 75% click-through rate on an
2: average. Wow. So guys, Mary is saying you can generate leads. You can generate sales via a messenger bot. That is possible. I've seen it happen, but... You can't approach this like you approach email marketing. We are going through a huge evolution in marketing right now from one to many to more of this one-on-one personalized marketing. And so I think the first thing that people have to understand about that, Mary, is the copy. And this is something you feel very passionate about. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. I'm going to make sure I don't use any swear words now. Yes. Um (laughs) But but tell yes. us, like, how is writing copy for a bot or for more of this personalized one-on-one marketing different from the one-to-many marketing that we've been doing for, I would say, hundreds of years, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like that's yes. why this is such a big change, guys. It's not even just digital marketing. It's like this is an absolute evolution that's happening. We've been doing something for hundreds of years, this is going to be difficult. (laughs) This isn't like one day your brain just switches to this different style of marketing. This is something you have to study and think about. So Mary, tell us like, what is the difference between like, if you were writing copy between these, these two worlds and what are some tips that you have? I know you have, I guess you would call it a formula or a system that you use to help people with this.
1: Yes. Okay. But I need to start back from that system first and just kind of compound on what you just said. So the hundreds of years ago, the biggest thing you need to understand in terms of this new type of marketing is go pick up a book. We talked about this a minute ago, Mark Schaefer's book that is Marketing Rebellion. And also Seth Godin's book, This is Marketing. So those two books should totally support what I'm going to say next. And that is this new marketing is no longer about you and your product. It is now about me as the prospect. Mm. And so we need to switch the communication style. I used this in the talk I did at Social Media Marketing World where I put up on the slide a, a billboard that was for Coke and it had a Coca-Cola bottle and Ray Charles. And basically it was from the Coca-Cola bottles perspective. And it said, I've kissed Ray, have you? Now, that's a perfect example of, it's all about me, the Coke mm-hmm. bottle, the Coke, the product. I've kissed Ray. Have you? And I'm like, no, I no. haven't kissed Ray. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't want to. <laughs> uh, yeah, hello. Uh, so but that's, you know, that's the marketing, right? It's all about me, the Coke. I'm special. I've kissed Ray, right? No, yeah. you need to flip that around and everybody else in digital marketing, go to, go to Pat Flynn's website, right? Smart Passive Income. And you'll see everywhere on there, I'm helping you bring your business forward. It's all about you, meaning his prospect. So that's the number one switch. Okay. It's all about the prospect, not about us. And then the second thing is use the medium in the way that it's designed. And it is not designed to just tell a story about your wonderful life and how you've made millions of dollars and you've turned the world upside down. It's about me as the prospect. So instead of a long story email, you need to translate that long story email into a conversation, into something that invites me as the prospect into your world and lets me identify myself in it, not just with you. And the way I do that is I start because everybody's done their email, so I don't want to take them away from their security blanket, right? That's what's worked, or at least what has worked in the past, may not be working as well now, but it's still... We're hanging on to it. So take that long email. That's
2: a great way to put it. Right? <laughs> it is.
1: Come yep. on. It's a fuzzy blanket that is basically being very, very worn and tired and has been washed way too many times. Mm. So let's take that and put it in a page. Let's take your email and put it in a page on your word or or pages or whatever you use. And take that page And now you need to think of the essence of that email and you need to, while keeping that essence of the email, break that big long story, whole page item into one paragraph. So if you can take the details, and and here's where if you've been following along in the past where you have titles or bolded or, you know, um, headlines and all those kinds of things that break up the copy, you can use those to your advantage because those are key points. So carry through most of those and take that big long page and break it down into one paragraph while keeping the essence of the copy, the essence of the message. Then take that paragraph and now do the really hard work and break it down into one sentence. Mm. Again, keeping that essence, keeping the purpose of the whole story, and then take that sentence and my friends break that down into one word. And that word is probably the essence of your email. And it's not going to be buy. It's not going to be buy. Buy That's not the essence. If that's the essence of your email, you're not doing this right. This is not marketing. That's advertising. That's selling. This is marketing. This is persuasion. And we don't persuade with buy. If you can do that, if you can break that big, long thing down and understand the concept and the essence of what you're trying to say and break that down ultimately to one word, then you really understand what the benefits and the message and the essence of what you're trying to convey to people. And then you can take that whole process. And usually I start with the paragraph and then I can take that paragraph and break that into messages with typing delays and buttons and questions and, you know, surveys or segmenting people and things like that.
2: Wow. And, you know, that one word, it's the essence of the story, I guess, but it's that word should best describe that transformation that you were providing for the end user you know i told you this before we started recording but i was being interviewed for a podcast yesterday and someone was asking me whether a facebook bot was better than a google bot in terms of the consumer's trust in the platform and i said look I don't think consumers think about that necessarily. As long as this bot experience is leading them to an end result that is desirable, they will continue interacting with the bot. And that's kind of what you're saying. Like, taking this long message that you have for them, condensing it down to like, what is that transformation? What's that progress that you're promising this person? Like, is that how you see this? And then going from there with the copy. So, once you have the word, then like, this is where I kind of get caught up sometimes. I'm like, okay, when should I ask a question? When should I give them something? (laughs) (laughs) When should should I use an audio message? Because that's what's fun about Messenger. We can mix all of these different mediums together. And I try to imagine it like a text message conversation almost that I would be having with a friend. But do you have any specific tips around how to go from the one word to, okay, now I've got, sort of this back and forth conversation written, and I'm ready to launch this thing. Yeah, absolutely. So there, are, then we get into
1: more of the mechanics of the bot and the mechanics of an actual conversation in the back and forth. And so this is the reason this is such a pet peeve for me, because I get messages <laughs> and I don't want to call anybody out, <laughs> but there are <laughs> big influencers, okay? And I get these messages in Messenger, and it's basically a mini email telling me something. And then there's one button call to action to go to their live or go to their webinar or go of their sales page, whatever it might be. So right there is a clue that telling is not what we're doing in Messenger. We are conversing. So some of the mechanics of this, like let's just say in many chat, you don't want to have more than let's say four typing delay messages. Okay. So a message and then a typing delay and a message and a typing delay. You don't want to have more than four of those on a general rule. Sometimes I even go as much as five if I need to, but two to three to four of those before you actually get the prospect to engage, to actually take an action, to click a button, to, to respond to something. So if you want to look at that story, and you're going to take one concept in one of those paragraphs, and you're going to break that up into messages, you want to, I mean, we could be talking about maybe eight sentences in that paragraph. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to look at maybe the first say three or four sentences and you're going to rewrite them from a different perspective because the way you did them in email is telling. So you're going to want to take those first, say, three or four sentences and switch your focus again and switch your mindset to what does the prospect need to engage with? How can I restructure this sentence so that when I get to the end, to the third sentence, third or fourth sentence or third or fourth interaction, a piece of of content I'm giving them, and I can end that last one on a question or an affirmative, you know, like, don't you agree? Right. Or something like micro
2: commitment. Yeah.
1: Completely. So, you know, if you can take those couple of sentences and think of it, okay, what do they need to hear? And it could be, you know, I'm doing something like, um, for my bot, it could be, you know, that email is only 20% if you're lucky open rates and maybe 4% click through rates if you're lucky. And, And then basically after I've kind of told them some of those things, I would say, is that your experience too? And then I can give them, I say, yes, you know, that's my, like my email or my other button could be, no, everybody opens, right? And I've had probably, I would say a handful, maybe a dozen people in the last two years click that button that says, no, everybody opens my email. <laughs>
2: Right? (laughs) We need to talk to them and get them on perpetual traffic. That's exactly what I say. That's exactly. So I let them say that and I lead them to
1: a, a comment that says, Wow, we need to talk. Okay. I need to know what you're doing that everybody opens your emails. And then I say, but if you're actually just kind of playing around with my bot, shame on you. Let's actually learn something. And then I go back into the conversation, right? That's what a bot can do. You can let people play around. You can let their personality and their smarminess come out and then keep them going in the conversation and acknowledge that some people are going to say, nope, I do everything right. And that's great. But if you did, you wouldn't be in my bot. Right? So take that and restructure it so that you end that first three or four interactions with either a question or some type of affirmation, even if it's a no. Do both because you can have lots of fun with those no's.
2: Yeah, that's so good, Mary. And you know what's interesting? I think, and I know, and you know this even more than I do, this is about much more than Facebook Messenger and Facebook Messenger bots. Facebook Messenger is just the platform that got everyone excited about bots because there are so many people on the platform. It's owned by Facebook. Obviously, you can run Facebook ads into Messenger. But where do you see this going outside of Facebook? I know you're doing some work right now with bots that have nothing to do with Facebook Messenger. Tell us a little bit about that because I think that especially with the scrutiny that Facebook is still under you know over the past year plus a lot of marketers are hesitant to go all in on another Facebook platform you know Facebook Messenger but this is a much bigger concept than just Facebook Messenger. Like we talked about earlier, this is a whole evolution in marketing. I mean, Facebook's talking about the possibility of the newsfeed going away, you know, which doesn't scare me because Facebook owns other platforms that people are really evolving to. Enlighten us on this for people that might be skeptical around building on Facebook's land.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. So that's another reason that I've focused so much more on the copywriting aspect of this. Just like the old fashioned, and I call them old fashioned, but we're talking, you know, five years ago, email marketers, right? Or email copywriters, right? Or, or even sales page copywriters, right? I mean, these skills are around for a reason and they've been around for a long time. Well, now we have to morph those skills to a different kind of copywriting because communication like this, this whole conversational marketing is not going away. I mean, I don't see us abandoning chatbots
2: and going back to email completely, doing all of our business that way, right? And it's how consumers, they're operating. And sorry to cut you off, but just to throw in a personal experience here, and I'm not sure what your experience is, but I've noticed this year, we're almost six months into this year, which is crazy, just a side (laughs) note, I can't believe that. And I've noticed that my consumption, of the Facebook newsfeed has gone way down. I think there are a few reasons for this. A lot of the work that I do with students are inside of Facebook groups. So when I open the Facebook app, it usually means work to me, which isn't bad, but I try to, to keep that balance. But I also think it's because I enjoy consuming photos on Instagram. I enjoy consuming Instagram stories. I enjoy one-on-one conversations with people inside of Messenger. And so I think this is where things are going. I'm not sure if you find your habits or I'm not sure if you're seeing your consumption go in that direction, but I always like to remind people that this has nothing to do with us as marketers deciding that this is where things are going. The consumers are going this direction and we are following them. So just to put that into perspective for everybody. Yes. And so two things I definitely want to touch on with that
1: is number one. Yes, absolutely. My habits change and I'm not a normal, I'm just not normal anyway, but I'm
2: not a normal, <laughs> not a normal person. I. Right? I,
1: yeah, I'm a little older than most of you. When you mentioned something about, you know, Hey, in the next five or 10 or 20 years, I'm thinking, Oh my God, how old am I going to be in 20? <laughs> I'm not going to be doing this in 20 years. Well, who knows? Maybe I will be. Maybe you but, will be. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to be much older <laughs> than most of you in 20 years. And, you know, my habits are different anyway. So my phone usually has maybe one hour a day usage on it, right? I've got an iPhone that tells me how much time I've used and it doesn't get much over an hour a day. So I'm not normal. But the conversational marketing, when you get back to talking about bots and it not being just on Facebook anymore, once you learn, that's why I started talking about the email marketers and that skill. Once you learn how to communicate on the messenger platform, if you put in that time and energy to actually learn how to create these conversations, you are ahead of everybody else that has just said, oh, it didn't work. It wasn't quick. It wasn't easy. It wasn't my magic silver bullet. So I'm going to give up because this is the communication style that is going to be used from here on out. Yes. So learn this communication style. Independent, yeah, right now, the, play, the best place to learn it with the highest engagement and the highest number of people testing out your bots is on Facebook Messenger. But I'm consulting with companies who are open app companies who are developing chatbots outside of any platform. So that is coming where it so will be is- independent of platform.
2: So what does that mean? So we won't be relying on Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp.
1: Yeah. So remember Mikhail at uh, Conversations Conference 2018, he mentioned this RCS, this mobile communication that is independent of the operating system. It's independent of iPhones or Androids or any of those things. That's what I'm talking about. It's an ability to communicate with all devices outside of the individual operating system or app. That's why they use the word open. So if you can understand how to effectively persuade, that's what marketing is, right? Persuade and market to people and communicate with people. Communicate and marketing is basically, I love Dian Graziosi's definition of uh, marketing. It's, you know, attracting the people you want and repelling the people you don't. I embrace that completely. We talk about inviting people to reject us. I have no problem with people unsubscribing. I would rather them do that. I want white hot people rather than lukewarm. And so when you get this type of communication down, you are prepared for the future because it's coming, people. It's going to be off of Facebook very, very soon. They are going to lose their monopoly. Of course, they have more of it on coming with Instagram and WhatsApp, so they're gonna definitely keep their their huge share, but you're not gonna have to play only in Facebook's sandbox. You will have the opportunity to play in your own. You will be able to have the opportunity to own this yourself, just like we did with email right? That was becoming independent of platforms, or at least it has drip and all those things. But you can conveniently take your email list with you. That's where this is going, um, getting you that ability. So yeah, you learn this skill and then learn the conversational marketing that puts the prospect first and you are future proof. You're prepared for the future.
2: I love it. Such wise advice. And it puts this into perspective. You know, I think as marketers, we have two choices right now. We're either going to choose to evolve or we're not. And I'm always going to choose change and evolving and uh, staying up to date and being open and not resisting this because this isn't a bad thing. This is how humans work. This is how the world works. And if you don't understand, not even if you don't understand, but if you're not open to it, it will definitely be a struggle in the next few years. And I mean that with love and not to (laughs) infuse fear into the people listening, but this is so much more than bots. You know, and that's why we opened up with the interest in bots is going down because people looked at it as a silver bullet that was going to save their business or something that you can measure purely through ROI. It's so much more than that. It's a completely new way of marketing that we all need to embrace because it's going to show up in many different forms as we move forward.
1: Yeah, and I have to tell you one more thing, Molly. So I'm a little bit, I have a an advantage as well. My age gives me a little bit of an advantage in the sense that I have two sons, aged 17 and 20. And when you read that book, Marketing Rebellion by Mark Schaefer, there's something that'll jump out to you if you are in that world, if you are more of a younger person, like in your early 20s. So my boys, if you as a Facebook ads person or you as an advertising-based marketer, tried to get an ad in front of my boys, you could not do it. Mm-hmm. They are unreachable by mm-hmm. ads. Number one, they don't scroll their newsfeed on Facebook. Number two, they don't listen to commercial radio. Mm-hmm. Number three, they don't watch commercial television. They have ad blockers on their phones. So if you wanted to advertise to them, you couldn't. You have to reach them through their brand loyalty, through the things that are important to them not trying to push your product in front of their face. So this is coming. These are my sons. They're coming into, yeah, they are not, one of them is on his own and, and, and yeah. save for his own stuff. <laughs> so he found, he identified with a particular sock company that spoke to him and he, he signed up for a subscription to get a pair of socks every month that are cute, wow. novelty, fun things, right? Yes. That was not through an ad. It's because he loves socks and he went searching for it. So think about that. This is the future. They are coming up. They are going to have their own money, you know, their disposable soon. income, right? And yes. are you going to be ready or are you going to still be
2: trying to advertise to them and hear crickets because they don't see your ads? So true. I have two cousins, one's 15 and one is 20. The older one actually works with me now and helps produce uh, some of the trainings that Ezra and I work on. And I always ask them questions about what they're buying. How are they buying? Where are they finding the stuff that they buy? What's interesting to them? What is their social media consumption? My 20 year old cousin spends about six hours a day on his phone (laughs) that is a lot of time that is scary yeah and we need to be thinking about this, right? This is generation Z. Right. right. <laughs> this is right. A, a whole new generation of humans that are getting older and their buying habits are much different. And it's not that they're not on these social platforms. They are. They're spending more time than any generation ever has on a device, obviously. But their behaviors are different. I think that's fascinating that you brought that up because they are going to mold a lot of what the next five to 10 years look like in digital marketing. Completely, and it, it is all based on, yes, texting, it's
1: based on uh, mobile, not necessarily apps, obviously, the apps we don't we have when was the last time you downloaded an app, so not necessarily the actual apps that you have to go through the app store individually for your particular type of phone, but definitely mobile internet. and if you can try and reach them via text and mobile internet then you might be able to still keep their attention. And think about it. You're not going to send them an email in text. You're not gonna send them an email in a mobile internet environment. You're going to have a conversation. So learn how to do that now.
2: And like I said, you will be ready. I love it, Mary. This has been amazing, such a good conversation and really a message that all marketers need to hear. Any other tips, any last thoughts? I think we've driven home the fact that you need to learn conversational marketing. It's where all of this is going, especially from a copywriting standpoint. I love your passion for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm beyond
1: passionate. I'm kind of pissed, to be honest. <laughs> okay, that's because it's okay. kind of ruining it, right?
2: It's kind of ruining that's it.
1: Okay. Those of us who really care about this environment, and that's fine, it'll all evolve the way it needs to. But yeah, the only last tip I would give is my best employee, uh, and of course they're all amazing, the one that can really write the best bots, create the best bots with the great, best copy, she's an actor. And that tells you what you need to do in order to really be a great marketer. And that is you need to be able to wrap your head around your customer, the company you're marketing for, know them understand them what drives them you know donate to any particular agency or organization if they could start their own what would it be what would it be around and all that What's all that information
2: going on in their head yes what is the
1: paradigm shift right for their customers before they have your clients solution and after they have their solution really dive into that and be a partner with your clients instead of just do ads for them work. Yes, be a marketing partner. And that is also the other half of this coin. Not only learning the conversation, but being an actual marketing partner with them and caring about what it is they do with their business. And again, if you just ask these three questions of every client, what is your brand promise? what is the paradigm, the life and the attitudes of your clients and the pains that they have before they have your solution? And then what is their life, their paradigm after they have your solution? If you just ask those three questions, you will be ahead of almost all the marketers in in the world because then you will show them, I'm not just trying to sell you an ad or I'm not just trying to sell you a bot. I am trying to understand your world so that I can impact it in the best way possible. That's it. Those two things, what we've spent the entire conversation talking about in terms of chatbots and conversational marketing and actually caring and diving into your client's world as best you can. And you've got this.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Mary Catherine Johnson. (laughs) Uh, So wise and, and so well said. Awesome. Thank you so much for your wisdom, your knowledge, Mary. I loved having this conversation with you. If you guys want to work with Mary, if you want to get in contact with Mary Catherine Johnson, go to messengerfunnels.com. This has been episode 204 of Perpetual Traffic. To access the show notes, head over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Mary, thank you again for your time today. We really appreciate it. Oh, Molly, I've had a blast. Thanks for
1: laughing with me and letting me, you know, kind of preach a little bit.
2: (laughs) I appreciate it. Hey,
1: that's what we're here to
2: do. All right, guys, see you next week. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.